0: And now for something completely different.
1: Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, committed to the grace of God. So when we hear this, we think that sounds great. But to do this is something that will bring us to a whole different level. If we are truly committed to the grace of God, we would engage others using the grace that has been bestowed upon us. To whom much is giving, much is required. Next, in this, remember in the book of Acts, telling all that God has done. I know that this is hard to think this way, especially if the Lord has done something so fantastical that other people think you're nutsy cuckoo. But we are called to share it all, even the stuff that might freak people out. It could be that those very things help a person move forward in the Lord. Hmm. And then finally, and begin to teach Christian brothers. We're in a very important section here. People who are not Christians Often try to teach Christians how a Christian should believe, act, and function in this world. I'm going to say that again because if you miss this line, you're going to have a warped Christianity. People who are not Christians often try to teach Christians how a Christian should believe, act, and function. In this world, wow. A non-believer tells a believer how they should be in order for the non-believer to accept them. (laughs) Not a chance, not a chance. I'll just leave it there. That's not what I was going to say, but I will leave it there. Not a chance. That is how we want to approach. Uh, that is how we want to approach defying God over the worldly influence and the worldly governments. We just don't want people to give in to what God uh, is doing. We're going to stand in the truth and we're going to declare it. And we don't want to just get along with them and make sure they love us and think we're special. They didn't think Jesus was special, so they killed him. Remember, that's faith. And if they don't like it, we know where they can and likely where where they will go. So we stand firm in the faith.
2: David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience.
1: Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and? Prevailing politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, those can be dangerous, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and in... so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at org. That's david at org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214 214- 210-8483. Or you can call us. Yeah. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello,
0: lucky person. You
2: got the number right, because you are talking to, kid, a dynamite. Dynamite.
1: Now, not as many people will appreciate this one. I'm going to give you here. Let me hear it. But this is me reminding me of four years of doctorate and masterwork. Okay. All Uh-oh. right. Okay. All right. Talking to Dynamite D is like the comfort of a new easy chair. Ah, not bad. That's not bad. Trust me. After nine and a half straight hours, it'd be great. <laughs> i <laughs> just going to say it that way. Here's the bottom line. Maybe you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. Fantastic. It's not a kvetch fest. We operate with Hebrews 3.13 and Hebrews 10.25. We're trying to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord getting closer and closer. And oh my, it's so much closer, isn't it? It certainly is. Even in Texas, there's legislative branches that are arguing to approve... To approve, uh, uh, you know, keeping things straight and normal. And there's a whole group of people that are fighting against it. They want to veto it, which is like, hey, you can't force kids to take these uh, blocker things to change their sex. and, And people are opposed to that. It's like, what is wrong with you people? How could you be opposed to that? Wow. It's incredible. In Texas. It's like, that is the scariest thing. Forget New York. Forget California, forget that. Texas, you got to be praying God have mercy on our state that they have that much power to make that much influence. It's just disgusting. It is. And if people don't like it, tough. That's what we say. And so here, what we're trying to say is maybe we can strengthen each other and do this one thing that would be better than everything else we can do beseech heaven to move people in government to be yielded to his spirit. Maybe we can take that attitude, that disposition. Maybe we can ask God to help, and if not, then ask him to give us strength to endure because that's what you and I need. We need to be able to endure. Now, maybe you've got a prayer request. You got something going on? (sighs) Got a lot of people in our audience that are hurting. Maybe you've got a praise report. God has done something fantastic, and you just want to go, I just want to share. The Lord is doing this. That, my friends, is what we do. Take care of one another. Care for one another. Love on one another. Remember the commandments? Everybody says the same thing. Jesus, he gave two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors as love yourself. Wrong. In John thirteen, thirty four and thirty five, he said, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. That takes it to a whole new level, right? That's what we're trying to do. And we try to, you know, have a little fun while we do it. We get a little serious sometimes. Sometimes I I get on a little soapbox. Sometimes I get off the soapbox and I get on a comedy stage. It's all like that stuff. All right. Like, for example, let's see who can answer this trivia question Uh, How much was Judas Iscariot given to betray Jesus? How much? How much? How much? If you think you know the answer to that question of how much, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David at he must Here's something that will make you think twice. Same price as a slave.
0: Ooh, ooh, what?
1: What? What? Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Okay, so let's uh, double-check on a couple things. Please be praying for, like we said, other ministries, and please be praying for the audience. We want to be praying healing, and we want to be praying physical and mental and emotional health. We do have somebody calling in, so we'll get that call. And wait, they will get that call. Wait, and we'll get that call. Wait, and here he comes. <laughs> He's running. He's running. He got it. Yay. All right. So here's the the bottom line to that process. The bottom line to that process is simply this. You want to pray for one another when you're praying. You don't have to use brilliant words or anything else. You can just share from your heart. Lord, bless this others, Bless these people. Heal these people. Love on these people. Just pray for them the way that you would want somebody to pray
0: for you. Okay. Quick, hey Dave, whoever called, I stepped out the studio a really quick. Call right back. Okay,
1: so if you called in on that trivia question, just call right back. Dynamite, you had to step out for one second. That's kind of the thing that happens. So just call right back. Again, the trivia question. Uh, pr- it's pretty straightforward, though. It's a pretty good question. How much was Judas Iscariot given to betray Jesus? That is the question. See if you know the answer. By the way, the answer is in Matthew 27. Here, now somebody's calling back. We'll give them a chance to respond. Then we'll go from there and dive into the Word of God in the Book of Acts because we got some really cool stuff to cover. Let's do it. The person's calling in. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I'm. Uh, I, I, I had to go to the doctor today because a lot of people might not know this, but I have this bump on my head. And the bump on my head, I used to tell everybody, it's like my extra brain, but it actually it's just a cyst. But my family, oh. my family shamed me when I was in Arizona, and now I'm going to have surgery on it. So that's where I was this morning is having the doctor look at it and go, yeah, that's ugly. The- <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be going to surgery just for a day. It's just a one day outpatient, but. You know, it has its moments, plus it's very expensive, so I'm not happy about that. But okay. <laughs> well, I'll be praying for you. I'll pray about Please, it. please I hope it disappears before the surgery. That well, might it well, does. Yeah. You never know. That's what exactly what I'm praying for. It would be awesome. All right, my brother. Here we go. Straightforward question. How much was Judas Iscariot given to betray Jesus? 30 pieces of silver. That is correct, Amen. And that is exactly the price of a slave, too, in the Old Testament, which I thought was amazing because it's kind of an indirect insult, you know, in its own little way, kind of calling Jesus a slave, although he made himself a servant of all. So in another sense, it's giving validation. So I always thought that was interesting. Well, I'll be praying for you. Uh, Thank you, brother. Please do. I really appreciate your prayers. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get into our text. Uh, We're a little over a bit. That's all right. We'll figure it out. We're always over. Are we always over? We we're
0: de- pretty much rarely <laughs> under. <laughs> rarely,
1: rarely under. That's a good line right there. All right, we are in Acts chapter 14. We're about to get into the 15, and you're going to see what happens in chapter 15, and no, the end of the church doesn't. It's not like oh, if this doesn't get resolved it's in the church, that's ridiculous. Or Jesus is a liar, so we don't pay attention to stuff like that. But but I do want you to get uh, to this portion first because it's really cool. In 1426, it says this, and this is referring to uh, Paul and, and Barnabas, okay? In 1426, it says, They returned by ship to Antioch of Syria where their journey had, be- had begun and where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they had now completed. Listen to this. This is an interesting statement, and I, these are the kind of things where, when I read it, I stop and I think, "Hmm, how does that approach? How does that? How does that affect me? Committed to the grace of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be entrusted? What does it mean to be committed? What does it mean to have a steward? What does that mean? And what it really means is simply this: grace." is the place where we walk. So we talked about this in the last segment, how everything that we receive from grace, it, it ought to produce thanksgiving, right? In this element, they're talking about the the, the accomplishments that the Lord had done. You're going to see that as it breaks down. But what I want you to catch is that there is a commitment, an attitude, a disposition to the grace of God and the work that the Lord had done through them, that they were blessed by that. So I don't know, uh, D, do you have your version there? I do. I give,
0: give that scripture one more time. Okay, I it.
1: that would be Acts yep. chapter 14, yep. verse 26.
0: Okay, 26 says, And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that
2: they had fulfilled.
1: Okay, so there's this idea... And, and, and so that's the ESV. So whenever – right? Is that your ESV, right? Yeah, that's correct. This is the ESV version. Okay. So when, And the reason that I do that is so you can hear the other versions. There is this idea of this – I don't want to say allegiance, that's the wrong word, but there's it's, in a sense, a devotional process to understand that they did this by grace, they were commended by the grace of God, they were commissioned by the grace of God, they made fulfillment by the grace of God, they were committed to the grace of God, and you and I need to have that same level of commitment to the grace of God. We need to have this... Um, and where this really shines is you and I not putting on other Christians the things that we think are as important in our lives as it is to others. In other words, you can encourage all you want, other brothers and sisters. What you can't do is condemn them for not doing the faith the way that you do it. You, you have to live a committed life uh, to to the, the grace of God. And God gives you lots and lots of grace, right? So then we need to give lots and lots of grace because to whom much is given, much is required. So give grace. That's the answer, okay? Be a person committed to the grace of God, commended to the grace of God, uh, devoted to the grace of God, and grow in that grace. You're not done because you say grace, You live grace. Okay. All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the True Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
0: The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience.
1: As promised, we are going to now uh, have our interview with the Apostle Peter. We were fortunate uh, enough to have an interview a couple weeks back with an angel from heaven, and now we've been given permission from the powers on high to go ahead and have an interview with the Apostle Peter. Peter, thank you so much for uh, taking the time for whatever's going on there in the heavenly realms and uh, talking to us.
3: Well, Dave, you're welcome. I'm real glad to see that people are carrying on the work of loving our Lord Jesus Christ and advancing the kingdom. And I'm very, very, very pleased to see that the radio station is moving forward in advancing the Lord Jesus Christ in his lordship, both in uh, personal lives and in corporate lives. It's a great thing for me to see.
1: Well, thank you, Peter. Uh, That's great. And uh, so I guess I want to ask you some basic questions. I'm really breaking this uh, interview down into two separate sections. The first section is kind of before the resurrection, and the second section is kind of after the resurrection, after the ascension.
3: Okay, Dave, that'll be fine. I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, Probably unknown to you is that uh, we know exactly where this is going.
1: Well, Peter, I don't want to say that that's kind of scary, but okay. Here's uh, my first question to you, sir. Uh, What are you absolutely the most proud of as a disciple and as an apostle of Jesus Christ?
3: Well, David, that's a great question. The thing that I am absolutely the most proud of was the moment that Jesus asked all of us to identify who he really was. And it was at that moment that I was able to say that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's the actual rock that the church has been built on. I think some people thought that the rock might have been me, myself, but it was my confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the son of the living God. It is that statement of faith that the church has been built upon and that the gates of hell have never nor will ever prevail against. The David Spoon
0: Experience.
1: Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Excellent radio station, KAAM. That was really funny because I was coming in and I went. See, I know people, most people probably can't tell, but all of those nuances, the good and the bad, it's just something, you know, that's the world that the Lord has put me in, right? Like, I'm interviewing Peter. I write the interview. I'm both voices. And Peter says to David, hey, that's a great question, Dave. I was going to
0: ask you, who was that, Dave? It's <laughs>
1: just like, I uh, thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, I get to do this stuff. That's fun. All right. Uh, let's do our trivia question next. Great job by Gary, by the way. Great job by Cordelia. Very, very, very strong. Here you go. Everybody should get this one. There should be a no-brainer, so to speak. Uh, the love of money is the root of – I'll just leave it there. First Timothy 6.10. You guys should know this one. Uh, if you think you know, 972. Four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must org. So Deb has a pow-pow, and Joanne and Cordelia have a pow-pow, just letting everybody know. I uh, just wanted to let Deb know she did actually have the first pow-pow today. Nice job, Deb. Uh, and by the way... And Deb, the brochures are going to land. They're landed. They're at my house. So we'll get together soon so I can give you those brochures so you can get them to the various people. Okay, great. See, that's what I use the show to communicate. <laughs> it's I mean not a bad way. Yeah, then I don't have to text. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I want to go into this portion because this uh, – so I'm going to wait on the comedic part as though we've ever really done that. Uh, but this one thing, this one line is so oh, – oh. And I've told you the story, I'm going to tell you again, and and the reason I'm going to tell you again is because I want you guys to have a greater uh, boldness in faith, not because I want you to be obnoxious, but the righteous are as bold as a lion, and you have to have from time to time a, a willingness to share. So this next line, I think, is just so critical for us to understand, and it's critical because it goes beyond our understanding. Verse 27 of Acts 14 says, upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported about the trip, telling all that God had done and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. What I want you to get is that they told all that God had done. They just did everything the Lord had done. And the problem is that many of us just don't want to do that because we think that people will think we're nutsy cuckoo. It's true. I mean, the Lord does something in our lives that is fantastical. And if you tell somebody, just go around and tell everybody and anybody, they'll think, what is wrong with that guy? What is wrong with that girl? There's something wrong. But here's the thing I'm going to tell you. I've shared this with you before. It is one of the reasons I think my mom probably made it. Uh, I don't believe that my dad made it, but I believe my mom made it. biz is because of this, because when we were on a trip one time and we were talking about my faith and my mom was always she always loved me she was careful but she knew I was very committed to my faith and I you know had given up much for it and did not care I mean I was like nope nope this is what this is I'm living for this and then she always went uh-huh uh-huh or we'll go uh-huh, and there she make a smarty comment <laughs> see in my family this is how I grew up ready all right all right well you know mom stopped being a smart aleck and she would say, well, it's better than being a dumb alec." That's exactly how she would respond to me. Okay? I mean, it's just like that kind of thing. This is how I grew up. But the one time she stopped everything and listened to everything I had to say was when I told her about a deliverance I was involved with about casting out a spirit. Now, that is not something I go around sharing with people. <laughs> just so you can know. I don't meet people go, hi, my name's Dave. Hey, about the 30 years ago, I was involved in an exorcism. That is not something we do, and you want to know why? Because that seems weird, right? But the fact that I shared it with her it was the the point that it made into her mind and her heart, and you never could have told my brother or me that that would be something that she would gravitate to. That's the point I'm making. You don't know what people will or won't gravitate to. Tell them everything God has done. If the Lord puts it on your heart to share something at the moment, and you believe it's a little wacky— and maybe it is a little wacky. It might be the very thing that person needs to hear. And that's the, and the, I'm trying to say that to you to to strengthen your courage. I'm not trying to say that to you so you'll brag or anything else. And I think you know that. I think there's just those weird things that every once in a while the Lord does something that you're like going, huh? Right, And you know it was the Lord. You don't know how to really box it or put it together. You don't know how to package it or put a bow on it. But you you might be amazed that one person could hear that and change their mindset as to how things are. Now, other people would mock and ridicule. But fortunately for for Paul and Barnabas, they were sharing with the church, and the church was like, I mean, they were loving it right? It's awesome to hear when God is doing great things, because there's a couple of reasons why it's great to hear it, but I just want to lay in cement that sometimes sharing the fantastical stuff, though you don't have the perfect package for it, might be the very thing somebody needs to listen to to open up an ear unto the Lord. So just be aware of that. And so they're sharing these fantastic things, telling all that God had done. I opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, uh, you know, and they stayed with the believers a long time there in Antioch. And my whole point in telling you that whole thing is, is great. It's great to hear about what God is doing. And it doesn't have to just be in your life. And here is why. Because if God is active, then you know he can be active in your life. In other words, the more you hear that the Lord is doing, the greater your own expectation becomes. Your own belief system increases. This is why we're supposed to testify to one another. This is why we're supposed to share the great things that God has, does, has done, because it encourages and strengthens us and heightens our own expectations. And some of us get stuck in the rut that we're not good enough to have God do anything, say anything, grant us anything. We get stuck in that. And and here's the simplest answer. You're right. You're not worthy. But he doesn't do it because you're worthy. He gives it by grace and you receive it by faith. That's the call. And you also trust him for the timing. You know, I, I... came across something in my devotions today that I, that I never saw before. i got to say it because now it's just on my mind. Do you know that God answers prayers? But do you know that not every prayer that is answered is answered as though it never has a cessation? In other words, this is the weirdest thing. So I'm doing my devotions. Listen to this, right? So what happened? Elijah prayed, right? And it didn't rain for three and a half years. Three years. Three and a half years, Right? And then he prayed for it to rain, and then it rained, right? So his first prayer was answered for three years. (laughs) It's like, it's well, I just never thought of it that way. God's timing is perfect because he's perfect, and he knows how to answer, and he knows how to do those things. And you and I go, we trust you, right? So share with others. Heighten your expectation and love to hear about the things that God is doing because it will bless and strengthen you. By the way, the trivia question: uh, did we do the answer? We didn't do this. Did nobody call? Here we go. Uh, The love of money is the root of all evil money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. That is the first or second most misquoted scripture that there is. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on K-A-A-M-770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. So he gives the conclusion to the matter. He he says in Ecclesiastes 2, I see, this too I see is from the hand of God, for without him who can eat or find enjoyment, to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Only in God is there satisfaction. He says, this too I see is from the hand of God. Happiness is from the hand of God. Verse 13 in Ecclesiastes 3, that each of them may eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. Happiness is a gift. Satisfaction is a gift. The graces for appreciating life at its fullness is a gift from God, and apart from God, it cannot be attained. Yaza, We're really going to the mat here, huh? So then you might say, okay, David, well, then what's the conclusion? What do you do then to get that whole process going? If God, only God can grant lasting happiness, period, what do we got to do? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion of the matter. Don't you love that? I mean, you, The answer's right here in the same book. And here's the answer. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. If you want God to grant you the gift of happiness, you fear him and obey his commandments. People are like, oh, no, there's got to be something else. Isn't there medication involved? Isn't there grandchildren involved? Isn't there this involved? Isn't there relationships involved? Isn't there uh, you know uh, money involved and power and cars and houses and big TVs? No. Wasn't there food and wine? And what about all the medications? No. Well, what about becoming smart and brilliant and knowing and having degrees? No. You tell me partying does do anything? Correct. You mean building a monument to myself does nothing? Correct. Happiness comes as a gift from God only. And so the conclusion of the matter is simple. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the duty of mankind. This is the requirement. Now, to fear God is to be in reverence of God. Honor, respect, awe, and appreciation. Every day, are you in honor, respect, awe, and appreciation of God? Yes or no. And do we obey what he tells us to do? You want to be a successful Christian? Do what God says. Yeah, I'll be a successful Christian. That means X amount of money in the bank. <laughs> it doesn't. Jesus didn't Jesus didn't die and resurrect a billionaire.
3: I mean that's just dumb. The David Spin experience. And
2: if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a
3: penalty and as with every- Oh
1: welcome back. That David Spoon experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM seven seventy, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's kaam seven seventy, the Truth Station here in Texas. Getting ready to do our next trivia question. Then we're going to be doing history. Then we're going to be jumping into the word because there's a lot of cool things there. But we're going to send you the website. And tomorrow the sun will come out. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, this right? There's got a lot of stuff going on there. Here's your trivia question. Not that hard. The last one's the easy one. I'm going to tell you that right now. But what type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? What kind of bird? Don't say cuckoo bird. That's what the host is. Uh, What type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? That is the trivia question. Okay, I uh, want to give a shout out in case she's listening to Kim. I don't know if she's listening, but if you're listening, Kim, here's a shout out. Shout out. Okay, there you go. That was a shout out. Shout out. <laughs> was, is it right? <laughs> Just like, okay. Uh, okay. So the question: What type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? Exodus 16 is going to be your uh, target to go to. So we're going to encourage you. Uh, say it this way. You can call in 972. 972- four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three. As well you can send an email David at he We're gonna send you up to the website as we oft and do. On the website is the opportunity to fill out a praise or prayer uh, form. It is uh, confidential. Nobody knows about it unless you want to make it public. So if you need prayer, but you don't really want to say anything to the radio, you just want people praying for you, you can do that on the website. Uh, Please don't forget to uh, pray for some of our uh, wonderful people like, you know, Sally and so on that we've asked you to pray for, Sally Kirkwood. Uh, Just keep them in prayer and love on them and and Mimi and people like that. Uh, Also money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love talking about money. All right. Uh, On the website is a place to give, and we need a few, uh, what is it, we used that line once before, shekels. (laughs) <laughs> a few shekels. So uh, if you can give, great. If you can't, we don't care. We just want you to participate, fellowship, pray for us, uh, be a part of us. But if you can give, great. It's all on the website, all that stuff, and so much more. Check out hemustincrease.org.
2: Prayer request,
1: he must
2: Praise report, he
1: must
2: Looking to give to this ministry,
3: he must
2: Confused by what's happening right now, he must increase.org. He must increase.org. All right.
0: <laughs> It's yes. a lot going on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. You see, that's just, <laughs> it's just a classic song. Uh, and I'm uh, not going to say anything else, you know. Uh, the, the first line is, or the first two words, I'm
3: hooked on it.
1: Okay. <laughs> see if you guys can remember that. Just going to leave it there. Uh, trivia question. I just love that stuff that she does that. I mean, Jennifer's just great. Yeah, we like that. That's just great. She's got some really, I mean, just some awesome stuff. Uh, The trivia question is what was the trivia question? Oh, yeah. What type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? Actually, you guys should know this. Let's see. Here's your hint They flew low. (laughs) That's a good way to say it. 972 445 0770. Also, text 214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Right now, we're going to go to his-to-re. Most people know today is uh, Star Wars Day. That's May four, May 4th. May the force be with you. So for those of you that don't know, that's where that comes from. So, just in case you didn't know that. Firefighters Day. Big acknowledgement to firefighters. Big thank you to every single firefighter. Thank you very much. Uh, for your uh, support and for your willingness and your sacrifice. Uh, National Orange Juice Day. Pretty I like, good. I like orange yep. juice. I like. Uh, do you like it with the pulp or without the pulp? I grew up without the pulp, but now that I'm older, I like it with the pulp. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's, I did not know that. That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. In 1494, Christopher Columbus lands in Jamaica. Uh, I think in 1495, that's when they put up all the resorts. Anyway, uh, let's see. 1924 Summer Olympics. The gold medal winner, this would have been yesterday, included Johnny Weissmuller, who went on to be Tarzan. Oh, wow. See? So we missed that one. 1959, the first Grammy Awards are announced. 1960, nobody's still watching. And then 1979, Margaret Thatcher becomes the first woman prime minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, She was an absolutely fantastic prime minister. In fact, the only prime minister better than Margaret Thatcher was Golda Meir. Golda Meir was absolutely lights out. Best, best, one of the best ever, no question about it. Okay? Going to hurt our people? Okay. (laughs) If you're Jewish, you're like going, yes, yes, I understand. Okay, back to the trip and then to the teach. Uh, what type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? Remember, they had to fly kind of low because if they were flying 40 feet in the air, it'd been a little tough to catch them, right? Okay, if you think you know, 972-445-0770, text in 214 or send an email, david at org. We have now arrived at Acts chapter 15, which most people don't see, uh, as important, it's very important. It's just not, you know, the crux of the church, but it's very important. Here we go. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judah arrived and began to teach the Christians, unless you keep the ancient Jewish custom of circumcision taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Uh-oh. Mungo! This is what we got going on. Paul and Barnabas, they're at Antiochus area. There's men that arrived from Judah. that began began teaching Christians. I'm just going to say this because I, you know, I do encourage and teach a lot of people uh, on a pretty regular basis. You watch who teaches you. Okay? If you're listening to me and you're getting nothing from it, or it's getting negative for you, or or you're drawing further away from the Lord, or the Lord tells you to stop listening, listen to God. Okay, because you're not going to have any accountability to me. you not going to have any accountability to Don, Jennifer, or D. You're going to have accountability to God. And when you die, you're going to face God. And if God told you to do something, you didn't do it, you'll be responsible. And why that's important is because these people come in and they start teaching Christians. Now, obviously, they have some Christian connection. Okay? Because this isn't just people coming out of nowhere. These are people who are uh, teaching the law of Moses as a part of the gospel. And so it's not that they're not saying people, they're not saying nobody gets saved. They're just saying you can't be saved unless you're circumcised, like Moses taught. So what they're trying to do is bring back the Old Testament into the New Testament. And this is a significant problem. This is exactly why Paul wrote the book of Galatians. We've talked about this many times, that they started off with faith. They started off in grace. They started off operating and trusting and loving and rejoicing. And then his first big worry for this church is that they've uh, accepted a gospel that is distorted or perverted. That's the whole book of Galatians. And all of that comes out of this event. This event is uh, definitely a timeline shaker because these people are saying, you can't be saved. You're not saved unless you do what Moses told you to do. But see, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does Ephesians 2, uh, 8 and 9 say? For by grace you are saved through faith. It is a gift of God. Not of yourselves lest any man should boast. It's a gift. If you have to keep the law of Moses, the argument is, then that means that you are deserved. And it's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Does that mean that Christians can throw wild to the abandoned and do whatever they want? No, that's licentiousness. That's a sin, too. But it does mean that the justification for a person resides in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and not in accomplishments. And if you don't have faith to allow the testimony of God to cover you, then you're going to have to stand there before God on your own, in your own righteousness. And this is like, that ain't going to work. So Paul and Barnabas, this is not not a good scene. Because people are teaching Christians. Now, I did use this, and I want to use this, and then we'll come back in the next segment to the other part. But I want to use this to make this point, okay? Okay. In the world, in the media, in the government, amazing that this happens, there are non-Christians, people who are senos. You know what a seno is? Christian in name only, which means they have no actual relationship with Jesus. And they are trying to tell other Christians how to be Christians. And You just look at it and you go, what? I mean, can you imagine, and I'm just, can you imagine anybody taking their cues as Christians from people who don't even know Jesus? Like, is that the height of ridiculous? And so why I, you know, get passionate about this is because those people, not only do they not have a, a heaven to put you in, if you follow their trail, they're going to help put you somewhere else you're not going to be following God. And if you think in your mind, well you know it's all innocence, all this all, no it's not everybody's going to give an accounting before the Lord for their words and and those people that mislead other people, including people at the top of our government, telling Christians, how to love, which is ironic since you have to actually know Jesus to be a Christian, and telling them who to love, which is ironic. It's like you've got to be kidding. And that same perversion is current now in governments. That perversion is in the early church. You can see what's taking place in Acts 15. They're coming in. They're teaching a gospel that's been altered. Hey, I got a message for you. You stand firm in the faith. You don't, you don't placate the world. You, sometimes you have to, not physically, but spiritually, contend for the true faith once and for all delivered to the saints. you got to contend for it. That's what Jude says. And you've got to just like, nope, nope, we're going to stand firm. You win the argument just by declaring the truth. You don't have to win an individual argument with a person because they can argue better than you. You just stand in the truth. God will take care of all the justifications at the right time. Okay? That's it. And when we get back, I want you to see that what I was talking about was worldly. This is spiritual, which is even more deceptive. Wow. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true Station here in Texas. When we get back, I'll tell you the trivia
2: answer. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassador's Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position.
1: The David Spoon Experience. This is really, really important. Who do people say that Christ is? Now listen to this. Some people think he's kind of like a John the baptist guy who's just a wild guy who goes out there and, you know, uh, dressed up weird and has weird things to say. This is what the world thinks. Some people think, and in the other passage, he's like Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the great prophets. And it doesn't matter what any of those people think. It doesn't matter what – it matters what you think. And that's the ultimate answer. It's like, what do you think? Who do you say I am? And that's the answer you have to have. And so he says, you are the Christ, Jesus. And then Jesus' response is, blessed are you because you know this. And we're all looking for blessings from, you know, Cracker Jack boxes and lotto tickets and winning free pizzas and the whole thing. And it's like, dude, you're blessed just because you know who Jesus is. Matthew 16, 17 says this. Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Here's what I want you to get. This is why this is a cool little teaching. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is the Son of the living God, that he is the Christ himself? Do you believe he is the Messiah? If you believe that, humanity did not teach you that. You did not capture that or catch that. It was revealed to you. Same word for revealed is to pull the layer back so it can be seen or understood. It's kind of like opened up or it's a revealing process is really what it is. And the revealer is God Almighty. For you to believe that Jesus is the Christ means that God, the King of the universe, in your personal life pulled back the covers in your mind and said, Look. And you went, Wow. you when
0: I need you the most, when I need you the most. Oh,
1: welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. We're going to answer the last trivia question and give you the next one. The last trivia question What type of bird did God provide for Israel in the desert? And the answer is quail. I should have used, I should have said he was a vice president. You know, I should have been good. You know, Dan quail. See, that had been a good one. See, see. Sometimes my brain moves a little slower, but it was quail, quail. It was quail. You see, and then they flew kind of like mid height. Okay, because why? Because then they could clobber them. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. you know, Peter's like ah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a here's a here's a short pier. Take a long walk. Anyway, the idea <laughs> that is simply this: it was quail. All right, here you go. Last one. Who did Jesus send fishing to get money for taxes? Who was it? Not what did they get, but who did he send? to to go fishing to get money for taxes. He sent somebody. Who did he send? Joanne and Cordelia. Not even blinking. I didn't even finish the statement. Nice job, ladies. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase... Dot org. So we do have somebody calling in on the triv. I think it's on the trivia. I hope so. If not, we'll pray for them. If not, they can ask questions. Whatever. And you want to know why? Because we don't do everything perfect because I ain't perfect and you ain't perfect. Only the Lord is perfect. Okay? No church is perfect. No functionality is perfect. No show is perfect. Only the Lord is perfect. And if you stop trying to be perfect, you might find yourself more perfected in the Lord. Oh, that's a good one. All right, let's uh, have this person uh, on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh,
3: my name is Carol, and this is the first time I ever turned on your program. Well, hi, Carol. Uh, found- hi. How are you? I'm quite All right, but I thought it was Peter. You are correct, want- no <laughs> That is right.
1: So Peter was the one, and again, I think we mentioned the other day, It's like, I'd love to go fishing and just pull out money every time. That'd be fun. Uh, but uh, that's not exactly how that goes, but it did for Peter. So good job. Okay. Thank you so much. Excellent. Call any time. Right.
3: Thank okay? you for the, okay. for the uh, information that you give out. Uh, and God bless you and it lead you into more and more truth. Okay.
1: Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Excellent job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know how
0: I get when I hear those new callers, Dave. I know.
1: I know. I love it when we have new calls. It's so much fun. It is fun. All right. Okay, now let's go into this one little portion here. So I want to make sure that we uh, catch this because I don't want you to miss. You know, I did do a little thing there on the world because it's just when non-Christians tell Christians what Christians are. Just (laughs) like, oh, yeah, sure. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to look at it and go. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so here, this uh, I'm going to read this all the way through and then really get into the nitty-gritty. When Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judah arrived and began to teach Christians. Unless you keep the ancient Jewish customs of circumcision taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas, disagreeing with them, argued forcefully and at length. Okay, so for everybody that thinks, well, Christians shouldn't argue, wrong. And at length, does that mean that you shouldn't continue on? The the argument should only be 20 seconds or 30 seconds. No, not according to that. Finally, Paul and Barnabas were sent to Jerusalem, uh, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit with the believers. We're going to stop right there. Okay, and here's what I want you to get. Paul and Barnabas heard these people coming in teaching, well, you got to add to the salvation. Okay, instead of it being a gift, it's a gift, but you have to do something because now uh, you got to do more than what Jesus did, which is ridiculous. I mean, you, as a Christian, most of you are like, going, yeah, that's just absurd, right? So, they were arguing forcefully at length. And so, one of the things that I want to point out about them arguing forcefully at length is it's not, they didn't have a wrong spirit. This is part of the defense for the gospel. This is, of course, needed now more than ever. Jude, and there's only one chapter in Jude, in verse 3, he writes this, and Jude was a brother of the Lord Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints there are times where you have just got to take the stand you just got to take the stand and go no this is what the truth is never does that call for violence not not biblically never does that require you know something it calls for you to stand firm in the truth that the gospel is the gospel, and it doesn't need to be added to in order to be, in order to be, you know, authorized or acceptable or whatever. And the problem is that people, not only in the world, are trying to distort the gospel. They're trying to distort it completely, even by saying something like "Love is love." Really, Jesus said, "As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline." And That's Revelation chapter three, verse nineteen. You don't hear that quoted, do you? So the point in that is simply this, that the truth stands of itself. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to do anything but proclaim the truth. God will take care of who wins at the end. That's not something you got to worry about. You stand firm in the truth. When you have a difference of opinion, like eschatology amongst churches— That should not be a fellowship issue. Somebody could say, I'm a premillennialist, I'm an amillennialist, I'm a postmillennialist. Those people aren't anti-Christian. They're not trying to change the gospel. They see the eschatological as different. That's different. In negotiable things, in things that we are not as clear on, there's a lot more room. There's a freedom there, okay? But in non-negotiables, there is no room. There are non-negotiables. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and three days later he rose again. Non negotiable. That is the core of the gospel. Does not change. Nobody can change that. Right? What day Jesus is coming back? Definitely a negotiable. <laughs> because there's so many different things. I mean, come on, that's been they've been they've been they've been picking dates for two thousand years. Let's just come on. So my whole point in saying all of that is for you, you stand firm in the gospel and what is necessary. And in this particular case, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, Jesus is not enough. And that is what you cannot accept. Oh, uh, there's There's other ways. Okay, well, if there's other ways, then Jesus is a liar. So just work on that for a while. You think, what do you mean? No, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, I've heard a commentator say, well, that's not what he meant. That's, that's, see, that's their answer for this. It's like, they said what he meant and meant what he said. Nobody's coming through the Father but by him, and that's how it's going to go. How's that going to work out? God's going to coordinate that from the Old Testament to pointing towards Jesus, the New Testament pointing back towards Jesus. The people that were operating in genuine and sincere faith will will be have been operating in the light that the Lord had given them, which was Jesus. People now operating in the light of the world, which is Jesus. That's not complex. What is complex or what is uh, uh, something to contend for is the understanding that Jesus made the statement. And whatever it is for whatever it was, what it is now is Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. He's either a liar or he's the Lord. Choose. Pick. Pick. Even Joshua said, pick this day who you're going to serve. Make a choice. I know where I'm betting. (laughs) I have put all my chips on (laughs) Jay. That's what I have put, all my chips on Jay. That's right. If it's all a gamble, I'm going to put all my chips. If I'm wrong, eh, nobody's got anything to worry about. If I'm right, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, to some degree, I say this unfortunately, I know I'm right. But that's not the point. The point is simply choose. Okay? All right. That's our show for today. And I hope it was a blessing for many of you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on K-A-A-M-770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then.
0: Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.